0: Welcome to the Unstoppable Real Estate Agents Podcast. I'm your host and real estate productivity expert, Kim Hughes. Join me as we focus on real strategies and implement real solutions designed for you to achieve major success in your business and life while getting you organized. everybody. Today we have Lisa Woodruff, who is the CEO of Organize365.com. She and 87% of the Americans um, have organizational disability, in my opinion. (laughs) We have to um, learn how to organize not only our business, but our lives. And in the world that we live in today, it is so important to have the things that you need at your fingertips, whether it's your business, your personal life with your family, mm-hmm. et cetera. So today that's what Lisa's going to talk to us about is how she has put together what we call the work box. Now there's the Friday work box. There's the home solutions. And is that the right one? Home solutions. Yep. Um, Sunday basket. I'm going to let you name
1: the others <laughs> because there's so many. You know, um, I love how you said that 87% of us basically can't get our together. Um, It's so interesting. The research that we've done, so Organize 365 has done three research studies so far. And we asked, at the end, we asked the same question in each of our studies. And that question is, do you believe organization is a learnable skill? And consistently, 85, 86, 87% of Americans say, yes, we believe organization is a learnable skill. So after I got the first study back that said 87% of Americans believed organization was a learnable skill, I was like, huh, I thought, I thought people didn't even know it was learnable. Uh, But obviously like, so, so then I was like, well, how many of us think that we're done, like that we're organized? So our second study, we said, okay, well, again, 80, 86%. in that one said that they believed organization was a learnable skill. I thought, all right, great. Well, you know, it's learnable. Like we're going to have a high success rate of people who feel like they are organized. And, and I even broke it down easier. And I said, I'm not saying all the way organized. Nobody's like perfectly organized, but let, let's get categories. Like personal organization, family organization, storage organization, paper and information organization. How, rate yourself zero to hundred on each of those. Cam, yeah. they rated themselves 15%, 14%, 13%, and 18% organized. So you're right. We feel 87% unorganized. Yet 87% of us believe organization is a learnable skill. And so hopefully what I hope we do today in this conversation is um, I'm a kindergarten teacher. So if it's a learnable skill, what are the kindergarten skills that we need in order to be able to answer more affirmatively that, hey, yeah, I am personally organized or I'm on my way to being personally organized and not keep moving that organizational bar farther and farther away, like striving for perfection. Like let's start at the beginning. We want to be functionally organized, meaning that we want to be organized enough to get done what we need to get done so that we have more leisure time, not so that we could have a magazine come over and take photos of our house. That's never happening. So let's just move on to what we need, not what we think other people's homes are looking like. Well,
0: and in the world with Instagram and influencers, mm-hmm. they show always that perfect scenario, you know, everything yeah. is so perfectly done. And, um, you know, in the real world, that's just not going to happen. It's fun to look at and yeah. uh, and think, gosh, I really want to try to do that. Like right now there, there's a girl that I follow and she's doing an organizational drawer of crafts <laughs> and doing all and building it and all this stuff. And I'm like, I want to do that, you know, but I got to get organized before I can do that. And, um, you know, and it, and I look at it because I hear people talk today and I think it's because of social media, we can all have conversations, but one of the things that interests me with people today that are, you know, they're starting out in their new jobs or starting families and Mm -hmm. they have all these organizational things for their families well, you know, we didn't have that. We didn't have the internet to jump on and try to figure it out. We had to figure it out, whether you were a business owner or a mother of three or a mother of five or, you know, um, whatever your personal life was. So I find this concept so interesting mm-hmm. because I'm like, the way that my lifestyle is, is like my house is right over there and then I have my office. So I carry my work box with me back and forth, you know, yeah. and use it. And that way I don't, you know, in the real world, I should probably have two, one over there, and
1: one over here.
0: But, no, actually um, you're doing you know, the, it right. The, you
1: just want one.
0: Just oh, one. Okay. And yeah. so this is where I think real estate agents can really learn a lot from you today because they don't focus on their business. They don't focus on the back end. Mm-hmm. That's why we're here. That's why you're here. We all bring something to the table that the agent can walk away with at the end of this podcast and maybe implement it or have an idea of how to make it better. So what I would like for you to talk about is how a a Friday workbox, let's talk about a workbox first and then a home um, productivity box. I think that's important too. And I'll tell you why I think that's important before we get started is An agent should have both, but what a great gift as a housewarming gift, you know, um, closing gift, you know, agents are always looking for the best things that can actually be used. So an agent could give like a home productivity box to a client, and then they can all just log in, take your course, be done and get organized. And I just think that's a great idea, but we're going to talk about agents first, uh, because that's our audience. So kind of go through, you have it down in your um, playbook, two two different things. You have it for the car and then you have it for the office. So let's talk about the office first and kind of go through and kind of talk about what the colors mean, how they should use it, all those details.
1: Yes, okay, and I love, they are calling it a home productivity box. It's probably what I should have called it. It's called a Sunday basket. So later when we talk about a Sunday basket, We're talking about the same thing. Friday workbox, Sunday basket. Can I I share just real quick how these came to be? And then I think it will make more sense as I explain how they work. Okay, great. So back in the ice ages, 20 years ago, (laughs) I was a stay-at-home mom. I was active in direct sales and we grew our family through adoption. And I had a two-year-old, extremely asthmatic and a six-month-old who loved to be held all the time. And my two-year-old never slept. He ended up having extreme ADHD and I liked sleep. So my business was booming. I had diapers and dishes and just everything everywhere. And this is like 2002. So everything was done, snail mail. I'm color copying or copying my newsletters to be mailed out. I'm trying to place orders. I'm trying to deliver orders. I'm doing hashtag all of the things. And I had this gigantic pile of paper on the end of my kitchen counter. It was probably 12 inches high. And I didn't even have them paper clipped together or anything. It was just like random pieces of paper, like adoption paperwork to turn in and bills to pay. And I was paying my bills late, not because we didn't have the money. Like I was doing really well. I just was, I didn't have any systems in place. And these two kids have really thrown me off my game. And so one night, it was a Sunday night. My son, miracle of all miracles, was asleep. Our six month old was always asleep by 8 p.m. And my husband like went to bed or went to watch football or something. I don't remember, but I was by myself. And I had energy It was 8 p.m. and I had energy. I was like, I am going to tackle this pile. So I spread the pile out on my family room floor and it ended up being 40 different actionable piles of things I needed to do. Orders to place, people to call, bills to pay, you know, everything had a different thing I needed to do with that pile. And that's how I made my piles. Well, now it's like 1030 at night and I have a two-year-old and a six-month-old. So I can't leave these piles on the floor of my family room. And so I was a teacher. And I had these plastic binder inserts that I call slash pockets that I now manufacture. And I put everything in a slash pocket and I threw it in a basket on the end of my kitchen counter. And the difference between having a pile of paper and having everything in these little clear slash pockets was night and day. Because the next day when my son fell asleep for his 20 minute nap, I grabbed one of these slash pockets out, which was like to call people. I started calling everyone. He woke up and I was like, yes, I did something, anything, because before I would get the pile separated enough to know what to do when he'd be awake. And I just wasn't making any progress. Well, that Mm -hmm. was the Sunday basket. So I did that about six weeks later, I hired a, um, a babysitter to watch my kids for 10 hours on a Wednesday. And I started a second basket, anything related to my direct sales business. I put in that and I called it a Friday workbox. So Wednesday morning, when the daycare, when the babysitter came upstairs, I went downstairs with my basket And I raced the clock doing as much as I could. And I tried to get all my administrative stuff done on Wednesday. Well, after doing that for about six weeks, I realized that there were enough things in there that I didn't necessarily needed to do, but I needed to make decisions on. And I started a third basket. Mm -hmm. And my third basket was for an assistant. And I hired a -a five-hour-a-week assistant. And her name was Margaret. And she came on Thursday. So Thursday morning, I'd carry the baby down and I'd shore everything that was in her basket. And she worked for five hours. And I started running this system over and over and over again. I started to organize 365 the year I turned 40. And I started all these different things. And the thing that really helps people the most is the Sunday basket. Getting your household organized, doing that on Sunday, and then going through all of your work stuff on Friday. So that's how these systems got started. Um... And the reason why I share that with you first is because when we, we now have one Friday workbox, but originally when I created the Friday workbox for sale, I started making all these individual Friday workboxes I've used in my personal life. We had one specific for direct sales, one for entrepreneurs, one for uh, realtors, one for, like we had for all of them. And now it's just one product, but we give you the cheat sheet of how to do this for real estate professionals in the box. And when we went to do this for real estate professionals, I realized you need two boxes <laughs> because you're actually two people. If you, um, m- my, um, my aunt is an assistant for real estate professionals. And so she does the office work and they're out in the car and they're out showing the houses and all of those things. And so if you don't have an assistant, you are the assistant. Right. So you are doing two different things. When I talked about how I had that work box for me on Wednesday and then another one for my assistant on Thursday, as you're making these two boxes and as you're thinking about this, I want you to think about hiring help for yourself. There are some things that only you can do in the business, and there are some things that anyone could do in the business. And mm-hmm. as soon as you realize that it is worth it to hire someone and to start to understand what you can delegate to other people, the more time and bandwidth you'll have to do what you are uniquely created to do, which is whatever gift you give into the real estate um system. Like maybe you're really good at staging or maybe you're really good at whatever, whatever your thing is. But if you're trying to do all of the things to save money, uh, you're wearing yourself out and you actually are capping the lid where you can grow. Right. And I know you say this all the time, Kim. And I think the most interesting thing about you and about me and about women in general, honestly, is that we teach ourselves things throughout our lives. A lot of things women do, we teach ourselves through observation or asking a girlfriend, or or we kind of learn it. And by the time Mm -hmm. we learn it, it becomes so second nature, we forget how we learned it. And so what we're going to do in this podcast is we're going to explain how in this profession, you need to divide yourself into two different ways of thinking, create some basic systems that will support those two ways of thinking, thinking. So then you're able to scale your business if you want to, without everything feeling like it's brand new. You know how, when you like, every time I go to do taxes, I feel like I've never done taxes before and I've done it for like 30 years. Right? Like, so if everything feels brand new, then you don't have a good system or checklist for that. And basically organization is creating good systems and checklists that keep you on track and that you can create for other people to keep them on track. Yes.
0: You know, and with real estate agents, you know, they're so focused on their clients, the leads and everything that they just don't pay attention to what's going on in the back end. And then at the last minute, they're scrambling, looking for something. Oh, why didn't that get done? An upset client because they missed a step, et cetera. So that's why I think, you know, you and I working together to help these agents realize that you are a good salesman. You are out there selling property or helping people buy property. But if you do not run your business as a business, yep. you're going to be sinking and it's going to sink really fast. And so always tell agents, put on your entrepreneur hat. You're yes. an entrepreneur. You're a business owner mm. first. Everything else comes natural after that. And so going through the uh, the different colors that you have, you know, mm-hmm. This is like a marriage made in heaven to me, you know, with agents, because there are certain things that agents have to do on their own um, that nobody can help them with. But then there's other things that other that like people like us that can help them. And so kind of if you have your playbook in front of you, kind of talk about the different colors and yep. how agents can identify with those colors.
1: Yes. So something I realized is that every business, it's kind of a party trick I can do. You can give me any job, any business, and I'll tell you the four things that you do in that business. So we'll go through these for real estate professionals. There are four things you do. Usually you only recognize you're doing two of them and one of them you do really well. And so that's why I call this invisible work. The first thing that these boxes do is they make your invisible work visible to you so that you can organize it and eliminate it and then streamline it. So the first color is pink and pink is your marketing. Mm So pink is all of your leads, all of your advertising, people who are potentially going to list their house with you when you do a speaking engagement, when you sponsor the little league, like anything that you do in order to raise awareness of your business. Purple Mm -hmm. is customers. So the difference between pink and purple, because they can be very similar, is that money has changed hands or a contract has been signed. As soon as a lead signs a contract and has you um, as their uh, real estate professional or you've listed a house, or you have um, decided to sponsor the Little League team or whatever, now this becomes a customer. So leads versus customers. And what we tend to do is as much leads as we need to in order to get enough customers to make the money that we want to make. And then as soon as we have the customers, Mm -hmm. we start focusing on them, as you should. But sometimes we do it to the exclusion of our pink marketing. And then I know you've had this happen because I've had this happen. Every single house sells in the same week. And then all of a sudden you turn around and you have no listings in the hopper, right? And so we need to always be thinking, do we have enough pink for our next purple, pink and purple, pink and purple. And the thing about um, selling houses and being in this profession is that there's some scalability, but it's a human to human interaction. So it's very time intensive. So if you're listing, I don't know what a maximum amount of houses that you feel where you're really stretched thin, When you get to that point, you naturally don't want to do as much marketing or you don't think about that as much because, you know, you've got two birds in the hand and they're so full, like you don't Mm -hmm. have a third hand. So this understanding that you need to continually be doing pink work in addition to your purple work is if you start to observe the real estate professionals around you that are really successful, they have a really good system for mm-hmm. continuing to get more and more leads. So I like to really, right. that's the real visible part of work, uh, those two colors. Anything you want to say about those colors before I go to the more invisible colors? You know,
0: the thing I like about the pink and the purple is kind of like what what we do in ours is, you know, uh, Amy, who helps me run this business as well. She, you know, we talk about the pink and the purple being like, in my business, it's projects, right? Purplish projects. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so, but they could overlap, you know. So, we were talking about one of the divisions of the company this morning, and we were like, okay, well, what color would that be? And we were kind of looking at it. So, it's nice that you have it all written out for anybody that can just take it and copy it. Or they can identify with it and then kind of tweak it to make it their own. So that's the thing I like the most. But I because I like pink and purple, I like pink and purple for those reasons.
1: (laughs) Well, in the purple. I mean go ahead. Sorry. What you said, yes, in other businesses, it would be customers or it would be products or it would be Mm -hmm. courses or Purple is what is forward facing. Purple is what gets measured with KPIs, key performance indicators. Purple is what you're, whatever you're delivering to the marketplace. It's very forward facing. And often we tend to think that purple is the only work that we do inside of any job, inside of any business, because it is so visible. But the more I do time studies and really look it, it really is only about twenty percent of where you spend your time during the week because of this invisible work of marketing and the two that we haven't gotten to yet actually eat up the majority of your hours. Right.
0: Well, and let me let me just say this because I find this very good for an agent that when they have a lead, you know, they have different ways to generate leads. Um, you know, they could get a lead from their website, from social media, from a referral, etc. So the pink pocket. Would be where you print that information out or you write it on a postcard and put it in the folder so you don't forget. Because I think that's where the digital has kind of confused people thinking, oh, I'll put it in my phone and I won't forget it. Well, yeah, you'll forget it, you know, because it's in your phone. And So when you print out and a lot, and I had, I had to, to learn, relearn this is it's okay to print out paper and put it somewhere. You know, I'm a paper person. I have a paper planner. I'm from that day, you know, 20 something years in the business. It was all about the paper. Then you moved away from the paper because everything said, just put it on your phone. You'll remember, put it in your inbox. No, it's you've got to have a physical visual product. And so when I look at this and I say, you got a lead from your website, print it out, put it in your pink pocket. And then at the end of every day or every two days or even once a week, go through all of those leads and start making phone calls and working with them. And then you don't forget about a lead because I've had agents tell me, oh, you know, I had somebody call me and I forgot to call them back. Go to the pink pocket. So that's where I find that agents can benefit from just that alone. You know, yes, you need to print it and you need to file it, but at least you know where it is and you can check it daily, every other day, whatever you do, every hour. I don't know. But um, but that's the biggest thing.
1: I'm glad you mentioned the printing. I think printing um, is hugely important, um, mm-hmm. especially as I'm, I'm working on my PhD. We're working in executive function and digital is difficult and not easy for people who struggle with executive function which is everyone by the way so i print out all the time i print out like i have the emails from you kim print it out about everything that we've talked about so when i when i get an email and i reply to an email i print out the sent email that has my reply on it and then i put it in the slash pocket oh. And not everyone gets a slash bucket. It's not like every single, Kim does have a slash bucket, but not every single person gets a slash bucket. But you'll have a, um, you can label your pink slash pockets like week one, week two, week three, week four, week five. That's what I did in direct sales. So that if it came in in week one, those are all the people I would follow up with the first week of every single month until they were a dead lead. And the nice thing about printing out an email is you can write your notes right on there. Like you don't need some big, system that you're going to put everything into. Some of these leads are never going to pan out. You don't need to put them in some kind of a perfect system. And then if they do end up listing Mm -hmm. a house with you, they move over into their own purple slash pocket with their own name on it. It's a very fluid system that can keep working with you that doesn't need to be micromanaged very much. And it just really keeps spending all of your time moving these things through. And and I'll tell you what, when I was doing in-home professional organizing, which is a service-based business, more similar to what you're doing, a lead came in. Like I was like calling them instantly, the faster you call them. Mm-hmm. Like when they email you, that's when they're ready to talk to you. so you right. call them, they're like, Oh my goodness. The... But after you're done with that, print that out and write down your notes. Cause you will forget. And the better you yes. get at this, the more work you'll have. And the more you'll forget, because you'll just be, you'll be mm-hmm. better. Um, so well... the colors, go ahead.
0: Well, what I was going to say is that with with real estate, like if we're setting up a CRM system for an agent, we always look at, and I think this is a good way for agents to think about this while you're listening to us talk, is you have a warm lead, you have a cold lead and a hot lead. So all of those could go into the pink pocket because yes. you haven't really talked to them. They have not become a client yet. Right. And so that's where I think they could go into the pink pocket. Once you have established a conversation or you have decided to work together, that's when it moves Mm -hmm. to the next pocket. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's really a good organizational tip for the agents, because even if they do print them out or they write them down, you know, it's post-it notes or this or that. So if they could just remember, print it out, keep your notes, but they all leads go into the pink pocket. They don't leave the pink pocket until you have had a conversation and that determines where that, now where does he go? Does he go Mm -hmm. into the trash? Does he go on? What? And then you can put them in your, your, your planner, your calendar, whatever that is. So I think that's really a good thing to think about because agents do look at their leads as a warm, cold, and hot. And so if anybody's out there thinking about that, that's how that paint pocket would come into play. Okay, he, go ahead.
1: Here's how the Friday workbox is going to make this lead system better. Cause I'm as you're talking, this is if I was coaching you, this is what I would say. I don't do coaching, but if I was, <clears throat> I would say, okay, so you have warm, hot, and cold leads, and you're gonna call them all because it doesn't matter what they say they are, you're gonna call them all and you're gonna ascertain what they need. And then they're gonna need like one of five things. They're, they're, they're ready to list their house. They're thinking about listing their house in the next year. They're moving into the area, like whatever, they're going to have these five different scenarios. Right. So the next thing you would do as a marketer is you would have a free resource for that thing. So you would say, mm-hmm. okay, I, I know you're moving into the area, by the way, I, I would love to email you my moving in guide. Oh, that'd be great. So you email them the moving in guide and they may be a really, really cold lead. But the longer you do this, you should have like five things that you do for each one. So, okay, it's a Mm -hmm. week later, You email them back and you say, I hope you enjoyed that moving in guide. Let me know if you're ever gonna be in town. By the way, I found out blah, blah, blah about blah, blah, blah. Just keeping yourself top of mind. And this box will remind you, you need to be doing something pink. And at first, at first, when you start doing the Friday work box, it will take you like six weeks to get it set up and you'll be like so busy hobby working, getting it all set up. You'll feel like you're doing a lot and then it will be done. And then you'll be like, darn it. I still have work hours to do. What am I going to do during my work hours? And what you always have to do is pink. You always have to do pink. And then you're Mm -hmm. like, but I've already called everybody. I already emailed everybody. Okay, great. Then what's the next thing you can add to your nurture sequence in order to really keep, Mm -hmm. you know, not everybody's ready to turn into a, a purple client right away. Right.
0: Yeah. And and just to talk about that a little further, I know we're staying on pink for a minute, but I think it's an important one is that when you, so when you get that lead, you print it out written on it. Okay. i called, you know, not ready, whatever. Then they could put on there, put them on my newsletter, but write Mm -hmm. down what you're sending them so that when you revisit that, And you're like, okay, well, did they, because when you just have a piece of paper and there's nothing written on it, you don't know what they're getting. So now you're questioning yourself and that takes more time. So it's like, this is what I get out of it is that once I have it set up the way that my brain thinks, it's going to save me hours because I'm not thinking about it. I'm not looking for it are going into that program and seeing if they're on my newsletter it's all written on that piece of paper. So I think that is a really good tool because it's a visual um you're not going to carry it around with you at all times right. but when you come in at the end of the day or at the beginning of the morning whatever that is you can look and see what you have going on and then once they do become a client that's when they go into your CRM system. So you don't put them in your CRM until they go to purple and they leave the pink folder. So I think that's important as well, because whether you an agent is working on their CRM or they have you know somebody else doing it, they need to understand that process of how you're working so they can help you with that as well. So I think that's a good, a really good tip to keep up with your leads and everything. So and I, uh, I
1: don't know. What you're saying today now, Kim, but this is what I did in direct sales. This is what I did when I did professional organization. If I was doing a service-based business, I would do this again. So I had about 200 people on my customer list when I was in uh, direct sales. And whenever I got closer to 300, I started recruiting and like basically giving people away because I couldn't provide the customer service I wanted to provide to more than 200 people. And that customer service was, I called every single person, every single nine Mm -hmm. years. Yes, And so if you're not doing that and you're like, I don't know why I don't have enough listings, I don't know what to tell you, but I think you should be getting on the phone. And so I would start at the beginning of the quarter and I would print out every single person's thing out of my CRM Mm -hmm. and I would start the phone calls and I would not leave a message the first time and see how many people I could get through in the first week. And then the second time I called, if I couldn't get you, I left a voicemail and then the third mm-hmm. time I called, I would leave a voicemail, and then I would go to the next month. And if I didn't get a hold of you three quarters in a row, that's when I took you off of my list. And you may be like, "Oh, that's a lot of work." Yeah, welcome to business. No. It's harder it, to get it's, new it's, leads. It's, yes. <laughs> well, and this is what
0: I, I what drives me crazy is that an agent will spend so much time and money chasing a lead when all they have to do is open up their CRM or open up their pink folder and make some phone calls. It's so easy, but people, and because we both have been in direct sales. One thing that I always say, you know, when I was a Mary Kay consultant, I was one for 10 years. I had a better education from Mary Kay than I did from an Ivy league college. And the one thing that I learned was you pick up the phone, you call them, They're not interested. They're not ready. That's fine. It's not personal. They're not talking to you personally. It's they just don't are not at that place yet. So you put them on the 90 day call list or you send them a thank you card or you do something to keep your name in front of them. And that's where the organization starts falling into place. You know, it's not going to happen overnight, but it will fall into place as you develop your system and how to do this. So I think that's huge that, you know, when people, Because in in the real estate industry, everybody says, you know, you got to make the calls. You got to make the calls. Well, if you don't have anybody to call, why is that? You know, so you've got to start getting to that place where you have those calls to make and following up and keeping that pink pocket organized with your notes and everything. And I think that is part of the key to keep them, you know, like, I'm going to jump around for a second, but like the last two years, you know, when everybody was in lockdown, That's when the real estate market just went crazy. And, you know, agents needed to be, they needed to learn organization, but they didn't have time, didn't want to take the time. But then the other side of that was they were not marketing themselves. And so we kept telling them, I don't care how many clients you have. I don't care how many closings you've had this month. You still need to market because this will end. And when it ends, what are you going to do? They could pull out their pink pocket. (laughs) Well, And so go ahead. You
1: can be transactional or you can be relational. And you can make money either way. But if you are relational, you will be their real estate professional for their lifetime. If you are transactional, you sold a house and made a commission. And, right. you know, it takes a long time for people to buy their next house. I've been in mine for 28 years, but you know what? I know a lot of people mm-hmm. who are buying and selling houses. I know a lot of people that I can refer you to. And there are a lot mm-hmm. of ways that you can uh, earn money from people who are still staying in their house. Like they're like, oh shoot, my garage, like we're replacing our garage or we need new landscaping. Like you, there are a lot of ways you can build your business in addition to just selling houses. Mm -hmm. But if you're not in relationship with people and on the phone call with them, you don't realize that, oh, you know what? 25% of the people I called because it's the holidays really want to know if I know anybody that will put up Christmas lights. Maybe I should have a contact for that and add that to my newsletter. Like when you're constantly talking to your market, you know what your market needs and what they need changes over time. And if you're not talking to them, you don't Mm
0: -hmm. know. Exactly. hundred percent hundred percent okay so ready to move talk on? to us about I'm sorry you ready to move on yeah I'm ready to move on <laughs>
1: okay <laughs> okay so to remember what these colors are I started this long before organized 365 I've been talking about the system before I started this company so the pink is the lifeblood of your of your company so think about if I don't have enough blood in my company I don't have enough pink, I'm going to die. Like my company's going to die. And then purple is the color of royalty. And you should treat your customers like they are royalty. Treat them how you would want to be treated. So those are the first two colors. Now we both have direct sales background, but it doesn't matter what business you're in. As soon as you find Mm -hmm. product market fit and people know, like, and trust you, that's what marketing is. You're not marketing somebody else's company. You're marketing yourself. When you start to get a name for yourself and people are like, oh, you're going to sell your house. You've got to go with Kim. Kim can take care of you. That's marketing. When people Mm -hmm. are referring you, when they think of the problem that you solve. So once you start to get that and you keep doing it, you will start to grow faster than you can handle it. And it will happen pretty Mm -hmm. quickly. It does not take a long time to turn a business into a really robust business. I would say 90 to 120 days. You can definitely, you can definitely do it. And then all of a sudden, yeah. you've got too many houses to list and you don't know what to do. And this is when you need blue. Blue is your team. So blue are the people that are going to support you when you list the houses. They are, like I told you, the Christmas lights guy, the landscaper, the local mm-hmm. junk king person that's going to help you clean out the house. They are the team that support you in the list the house. And they are also your internal team. It will not take long before you're like, where was that podcast where she said the Margaret person in five hours? And what was Margaret doing? Because I cannot do all this. You can't do all this. Um, And that's when you really need to say to yourself, okay, my brand, you know, Kim's got her brand. People want Kim to list her house, but people don't need Kim to type it into the MLS system. People don't need Kim to put this information into their CRM. They need to talk to Kim on the phone. They need to see Kim in the house. They need to see Kim at the closing and that's it. And Mm -hmm. anything that's not those three things, Uh, can be done by somebody else. So you've got to get over this. I have to do it all. And if I'm not doing it all, then I haven't earned all the money. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people who would love to be working five or 10 hours from home or in your real estate office only on a Wednesday. And that would make their car payment or their preschool payment. And you need to get over the fact that you need help and that it's going to cost you a little bit of money. It's not going to cost you a lot of money. If you think five hours, how much is that going to cost to hire somebody for five hours you could do it probably for 100 150 a week um right. and what that does is it takes you to the next level one you have to be organized enough that you can organize another person but secondly It's going to put you back in the fire again. You're going to have to keep calling people in your pink to keep that business going because now you're paying for another person and they're relying on that money as well. Mm -hmm. And it kind of gives you that motivation to dig deeper and go deeper with your brand and not take your foot off of the gas.
0: Right. Now the blue, I like that because it can be your team. So let's just say you're a team leader
1: or a broker.
0: Um, you know, this is where the blue pockets would come in because then you could have one for each team member, um, each administrative person. You could even have one on your, on the broker, you know, or whoever's in that office that you're dealing with. Now, let's say you are, um, let's say you have five agents and you have their information sheet printed out. Well, this is where you can write little things down that are specific to them and keep up with it that way. And then maybe later on, put it into, you know, whatever you use your CRM on your team and everything. But when you're recruiting,
1: what folder would you consider that to be? Would that be pink? Recruiting to your team? Blue. Yeah. Because you're going to hire that position. Blue because you're going to hire that position. You just don't know who it's going to be. Right. So that's where
0: you would keep all your interview notes on that person. Yep. Um, Let's say you've interviewed five agents and you want to sit down and remember what that conversation was. Well, you could have little clues on your sheet that identifies only what you want to know, (laughs) not everybody else, you know. And then that would be a great way to when you onboard a client, a, a team member, you could just hand that sheet over to whoever's ha- handling the onboarding. So like with us, we handle the onboarding for a brokerage and this is something that they do. They just send us notes. But here's the thing. I get a lot of notes, you know, a lot of emails, a lot of text messages. And so I can see this being just send me that sheet and then I've got everything I need, you know, and then we can build upon that. So I think that's where an agent or a broker or a team leader can think about how do I use that blue pocket? It's for everybody on your team, everybody in your brokerage and in your administrative staff. And then um, vendors, like you said, too, would be going in there. I like that. I like that a lot.
1: So you mentioned email. I want to tell you a couple more Mm -hmm. things you can do with your blue. So each meeting, each regular meeting that you have, which I know you guys all have a Tuesday meeting, right? Tuesday meeting has a blue slash pocket. If you have any other, like, let's say you're putting on a shred day or something, that would become a blue slash bucket. Now I've talked to you about printing out emails, which I do. So you could print out emails. But the other thing I do is I write down every thought I have on an index card or a little piece of paper. I literally keep nothing in my head at all. Nothing. Yes. I write it all down. I have index cards in my purse, in my backpack, in my car, next to my nightstand, at my desk, in my kitchen. I have them everywhere. I write every single thing down. And the only thing the only thing I have to do once I've written it down is decide, does this go in my Sunday basket or my Friday workbox? That's it. And then on Sunday and Friday, I look at those and I go, was that a good idea or was that a crazy idea? Um, but what this does mm-hmm. is twofold. One, it helps you remember things. But secondly, it stops you from derailing everyone on your team. Because if you're not disciplined, and you have a thought and you don't know how to remember it, you will call Mm -hmm. a person, text a person, or email a person, which then interrupts what they're doing. And nine times out of 10, watch yourself, nine times out of 10, you could have waited. You could have waited until the next person, next time you had a meeting with them or the next time you had a meeting in general. And so when Mm -hmm. you can write down every thought you have on a piece of paper and then put that in a slash pocket for the next time you see that person, that person doesn't stop working on your behalf while it's answering your next squirrel thought that's in your head. You know what I'm saying? Like it starts to increase your and their productivity while still keeping all of your ideas.
0: Yeah. So like with Amy, um, she gets a phone call from me, maybe four or five times a day (laughs) or a text message. Um, and then, um, we now have implemented Slack to have conversations, Yes. but this is where I'm seeing it just for myself that Mm -hmm. I need to have a slash pocket on each of my team members so that when I have my Mm -hmm. weekly conference call with them, I can just pull that out, sit down and talk about it and be done. I love that. That's such a great, not only is that a great organizational tool, it's a
1: great time saving tool, you know? So. Yes. And it, it keeps energy going in the right way. The other thing I would say is when you can afford to have administrative staff, you should hire them yesterday because yeah. when you, as the business owner or as the lead real estate professional can call or text someone five times a day and they capture those thoughts for you and they remind you of what you said, I mean, that is next level. And most people will not pay for that kind of support you should pay. For, I mean, that should be your goal. The yeah. very first hire I had was Pat. She's been with me seven years. And um, yeah. I do write down most of my notes now, but when I don't have time, I definitely send her a voice message or a text and she makes sure that she takes care of me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. to hundred percent. I mean, we have clients that have been with us
0: for 20 years yep. and, you know, we're like, we're their staff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, they literally, we know every piece of their business. And most likely their personal life, you know? And so we know how to handle something with them because we've worked with them so long. So, okay, well, let's real quick talk about the green, because I think this is going to be real interesting for agents because they do not manage their, they don't take care of their finances.
1: Oh my goodness. None of us do. No one does. We, no one wants to talk about money. Even when you're earning money, you don't want to talk about money. So back to when I was doing this in direct sales, Once I realized that I needed enough pink to keep my purple going, and then I started growing my blue team, you can't forget about the pink and purple when you're onboarding or learning new team. Now you're juggling three balls. And none of us are doing this well, pretty much. At the end of the month, (laughs) you should be writing down Mm -hmm. your mileage because you're driving everywhere, and that's a great tax deduction you should be writing down all of your expenses. I don't know why I didn't think of this sooner, but I was always writing down all of my expenses in these made up expense categories that I created out of my brain, which by the way, were different from month to month and year to year. And every single year in February or March, when I had to assemble all of this for my accountant, I'd be like, now what IRS category does this actually go? Now I'm like, okay, there are IRS categories. How about if I just put my expenses in the IRS categories because I have to move to those anyway? Like take some time, discipline yourself. First Friday of the month, whatever. First Tuesday of the month, set aside a day, block it out. This is your admin day. You need to go through the last month. What are your expenses? What did you earn? And here's what happened in direct sales. And, and unfortunately, I think this is what also happens for real estate professionals. You aren't making any money. You think you're making money. You're working hard, you're working all the time, you're everywhere, you're doing hashtag, all the things, you even have listings, like you have house listings and they're selling, you're making money, no, you're not. Because you're spending too much in marketing, you're driving too many places, you're in too many networking meetings that aren't actually uh, returning an ROI. And at the end of the day, When you do your profit and loss, you're operating at a loss or you're operating at below poverty level. And and, um, you need to be honest with yourself. And that's why we don't want to do it. But you really need to be honest with yourself. You need an end of the month checklist where you've updated your CRM and you've backed up your computer and all these things, like all these things that you never get around to. You need to make a big old list and you need to set out a day each month that you do all of those things. And then as soon as humanly possible, have your assistant doing all of those things for you. But once you see it in black and white, that you're not making money in July, instead of finding out the next April that you weren't making money the whole year. I mean, Mm -hmm. I know we don't want to hear it, but it's true. We spend more than we make and we're playing business. We're not actually profitable.
0: Right. I totally agree with that. I have a client. This is something that's typical with agents. Um, They get a phone call from a salesperson saying, Hey, I've got the greatest product for your business. You know, it's only going to cost you $49 a month, um, but we're going to bring you all these leads. Well, we have worked with clients going through like literally their credit card statement, (laughs) looking at everything that they pay for. And then we pull together the information on that system or that program. And then we sit down and talk to the agent about it and say, you've got three of these, you know, you're not using any of them. So either we get rid of them or we keep one and use it, you know, but agents, you know, they're on the go and they are always looking for the next thing that's going to help them. And um, this is where we, we just recently did this like last week. Um, And I talked about this on a podcast that, we've already one client we've already saved them over $300 a month just in helping them identify what they're paying for and what they're not using and so that's where that green pocket comes in because agents need to be on top of this um like you said they're not making money because they have too many expenses that they shouldn't have you know mm-hmm. i mean my literally my market not my marketing but all of my thing, all of the programs and the systems that I have for my business, they're very. Um, they they do a certain job, and I probably have two or three hundred dollars into that each month. But on the level that I run this business, you know, some people would think, oh, she probably spends two thousand dollars a month in in all this stuff. Well, now because I'm very cautious at what I'm looking at. And I put my numbers together. Plus I have a husband who's my CFO who keeps me in check. (laughs) So, but that's where the green pocket, I think would help agents identify with their money, their finances and what they own, what they're, what they are even interested in buying, you know, so then they can go over that with, you know, their administrative help or their bookkeeper, you know, whatever. So I do think that's really important. Okay, so let's talk about the work box for the car real okay. quick. And that, um, and let me just say when when I saw this, I said, we obviously think alike because yes. I haven't I have talked about this for years. <laughs> and I'm like, you have to have a box in your car. And like I said to you earlier, and it's not full of water. It's it's <laughs> papers, it's listing agreements, it's buyer agreements. It's all the things that you need to have a mobile office. So let's talk about that real quick. So we talked about the paint being a lead and a marketing, but then you have everything broken down by week. So let's talk about
1: how you see agents using that in their with their vehicle. You know, here's the thing I've learned about paper. For a long time, people wanted to say we didn't have any paper. Now, I think we're in the age where people are like, oh, darn, the paper's not going to go anywhere. Paper gives you, it's powerful and it gives you credibility. You are an excellent real estate professional. You know what Mm -hmm. you're talking about and you know what your client needs to do next. They have no idea what they need to do next. And they're pretty sure they trust you and they're definitely listening when you're talking, but they're not always retaining everything because they're thinking about all kinds of other things that you may or may not even know they're talking about. So when you are meeting with a client in person and you need to give them information on a broker or information on staging their house or property disclosure forms or whatever, and you say, I'm going to send that to you. They're thinking to themselves, are you really? (laughs) Are you really going to send that? So they're wondering if you do. And sometimes it takes you a while to send it. Let's be honest. And sometimes you forget to send it. Secondly, you know, not everybody has printers. I have a Mm -hmm. really big printer and I use it like crazy at home, work everywhere. But, um, you know, especially if you're working with millennials, they don't even have printers. So if you send them something that needs to be printed out, it's never going to be printed out because they don't even have a printer. So they're like, great, she's going to send me this or he's going to send me this. How am I going to get it printed out? So if you can, when you're talking to your client, say, hey, you're going to need this brochure and here's information on staging and here's the broker I'm talking about and here's the property disclosure form and you're grabbing these things out of your car and you're handing them a pile of paperwork, you may think thinking to yourself, I don't want to give them clutter. And your client is thinking, oh, good. I only want two of these four things, but now I don't have to wait for an email, print out an email, hunt it. Mm-hmm. They walk into the house and recycle two of them on their way, but the other two are now actionable to do on their kitchen counter. And that's how they know they're going to remember to get it done because it's sitting on their kitchen counter, sitting not there. stuck yep. on their phone or they're waiting for it somewhere. So it really right. just gives you more authority and credibility when you can produce these pieces of paper right on the spot.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I totally agree with that, 100%. I tell agents all the time, I said, Everything that you need at a, at your fingertips should be in the box, in the car, and then the mm-hmm. ice chest with the bottled water and the juice packs and all that, but you have to have a mobile office. So for those that are listening and hear us talking about this, we do have an episode. Um, it's episode 12 of the podcast. It's called How to Create a Successful Mobile Office, and that podcast will complement what we're talking about today with Lisa's Friday Workbox. Okay, so let's um, talk about how, how you do you see, well, let's talk about how they can get their own system and then what follows after they get the system. Because I think that's really important that they know that once they buy the system, they have support in how to keep up with that system. Because you offer those, calls those videos and everything all the time. Like we just did Mm -hmm. a planning day with you. What was it, Friday? And I mean, I literally was telling everybody, don't don't come to the office. I'm busy. (laughs) I'm with
1: Lisa. (laughs) And that Um, way I didn't get distracted. I think that, you know, I'm 51. So I have had plenty of jobs in my lifetime. I was an elementary school teacher in direct sales. I've started and, and own my own entrepreneurial company that is scaled to W-2 employees with a warehouse and products and lawyers and all of the things. And so when I uh as a teacher, primarily as a teacher, we started with organization as a learnable skill. And there's nowhere to go learn it. Mm-hmm. There isn't. No. Uh, there are a lot of cute Pinteresty things that you could you can rainbow order anything that you want, which is fun. But it is not actually the same as learning the skill. And I used to be a math teacher. So I really broke down, how did I teach my students? And especially, I was um, often charged with teaching students who were having difficulty learning. So how do you teach students who are having difficulty learning? And there are multiple ways that you learn. And because of that, you get every single learning style and every single product that we sell. So the Friday Workbox is a physical box. It's, it comes folded and you open it up and it has these plastic slash buckets in it. So it's fun. I give you the office supplies, physical products. And it's color-coded. So you're already gonna start thinking in these colors and everybody that you meet is gonna think in the same colors. It really doesn't matter what the colors are, but when you give colors and you start thinking in colors, then you can take action. And so I learned that along the way. If you're gonna teach something, you should teach it all with the same supplies. So you have the physical office supplies. The second thing is you need to learn the system. Now, obviously this is done asynchronously. I'm not gonna help everyone making their Friday workbox. So we have a course, you, onlo- you download the course and you can listen to it auditorily. You can watch it with the videos. You can go in your own order. You have it all available on demand. You can watch it over and over again. So that's the getting the information that you want when you want it in the way that you want it. But the third piece of every product that we sell here in Organize 365 is the community. The ability to Mm -hmm. be in community with other people who are learning the same skills and ask your questions and not feel like it's a stupid question. And also, I mean, this is the kindergarten version, you guys you're going to make this so much better than I ever could because I'm not a real estate professional and you are. And so you are going to modify this for you and you're going to talk to all the other real estate professionals that are in the Organized 365 community. You're going to get ideas from them and they're going to get ideas from you. And the the piece of that that goes along with that is we have a co-working time. So Fridays from 2 to 3.30 or 2.30 to 4. I never know the details. About that time, Eastern. Um, Steph, usually on our education team, runs the Friday Workbox. The Sunday Basket is run on Sunday. The Productive Home Solution is run on Thursday. So there's this cadence, this organized cadence to an organized, productive person's life. And you may say, oh my gosh, this is not rocket science. I always clean out my email at the end of the day on Friday. I always, like, if you're a productive person listening to this, you're like, well, duh, doesn't everybody do this? No. Everybody (laughs) does not do this. And they have no idea how to learn to do it if they're not an organized person and you didn't stop long enough to teach them. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I have the kindergarten bones on Friday, plan your home on Friday, close out your work week so you can really enjoy your weekend if you're not listing a house that weekend. And so these systems that support you inside of our private app, so it's not on Facebook and no one can see that you're learning about your professional degree uh, really does support people and makes them feel not vulnerable as they're learning the skill of organizing. It doesn't take very long. It's not overnight, but it doesn't no. take very long. Well,
0: it's like they say, you just have to make it a habit. And mm-hmm. as you do it, it becomes natural. And yeah. you know, the thing that I like about it is that I can just log in anytime I want and watch the courses that come with it. And then I can jump on and listen to either your podcast, you also have a podcast called Organize 365. So I'm going to highly recommend um, that everybody listening goes and listens to hers because she does talk about, it's all about organizing. And one thing that I have realized is I am, I am very OCD, but I also have ADD. (laughs) And so (laughs) it, it really is kind of a combination of How do I organize and everything that I can remember? Mm -hmm. And so this is something that I thought about the other day is I was like, our parents don't teach us how to organize. Our schools don't teach us how to organize. And then we're thrown into the world and then we've got to figure out how to do it. So we're always looking at what everybody else is doing and trying to copy what they're doing to us, where we have a different brain, but it doesn't hurt to look at what they're doing and get suggestions on how to work it for you. And so. That is part of, you know, the thing that I went, you know, that is so true. It's kind of like, you know, our generation, we, our parents didn't teach us finances. They didn't teach us how to manage money. They didn't teach us these things, you know, and so neither did the schools. And so you were thrown out into the real world and you had to figure it out, you know, and you made a lot of mistakes. But this is a system where you get not just the product to keep you organized, you have the support, and I think that's really important because it's real frustrating when you buy something and then you're like, okay, well now what do I do? I don't have anybody to ask. That's part of the organized three hundred and sixty-five that that y'all can do is tap into those resources to get that support and to maybe get the guidance, you know, that you might need on how to do it for yourself instead of following a you know cookie cutter system. You can change it any way you want. Can Did I that make mention,
1: sense? Yeah, can I mention something about the ADHD also? I would love that. <laughs> okay. So, ADHD is a medical diagnosis. Um and it often impacts executive function. They're not exactly the same, but there's a lot of overlap. So, executive mm-hmm. function is basically organization inside of your brain. There are two halves to executive function. One is like impulse control and your emotions and things like that. I can't help you with that. But the organization piece, there are five executive functions. One of them is actually called organization. One is actually called productivity. And, and so these time management, this, if you feel like whether you are or are not diagnosed with ADHD, this idea of being able to, inside of your brain, understand all the bazillion, trillion, million things that you have going on, which is getting more and more and more every single day because of the world that we live in. We're in a very mm-hmm. ADD life um yes. and you are amazing at many many things that you're doing and you're doing a lot of them well but you're evaluating yourself on the one or two that you didn't get done well and i mm-hmm. as a teacher don't like that for you um right. and so when i say writing down every thought that i have and then putting them in the proper box that helps your working memory so working memory is one of the things that is used to diagnose adhd and it is on an IQ test. And often in school, that's where you'll get an ADHD diagnosis. Math teachers, that's what I am, will often see this first because you miss steps in problems uh, like uh, long division, or you'll miss a step in a word problem. And they'll see that you're not hitting all of the details. And then they'll look at your working memory. Your working memory is how many things you can remember in your head at one time. And we love to tax our brains like, oh, let's see, I need to get milk and eggs and also move the the laundry and I need to get gas in my car and I need to call my sister because it's her birthday. And you will not do all of those things Uh because you're trying to keep them in your head. And if you want to just try one experiment to see, you know, should you even listen to Lisa at all? Try writing down every single thought that you have for a couple of days and see if, what happens to you is what happens to most of the organized 365 audience in that all of a sudden you start having different thoughts, deeper thoughts, thoughts about connecting things because you're not trying to remember to get milk on the way home because you wrote that mm-hmm. down and you're carrying yeah I don't care if I carry around index cards everywhere I go they're the size of my phone I just put them together and I walk around and then I look at the note oh yeah I need to go get milk but my brain is thinking about You know, if we split the business into subsidiaries, I'd be able to, you know, I mean, like things that are really going to make a difference for the building and for my team and for our company, anybody can get milk. I can actually get milk sent to my house if I want to. And we're not using our brains for what we actually need to be thinking and daydreaming about all the time that's going to Mm -hmm. change the world. So that's what Organize 365's mission really is not to sell a million boxes, although you need all the boxes that we have, but to help you get actually organized, to learn the skill of organizing so that you can do what you are uniquely created to do. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's continuing in the real estate professional, or maybe you're like, you know what? I really think I want to do something else. And you're not going to be able to do that until you're able to um, get out of this rat race that you put yourself in.
0: Right. Well, and they burn out so fast when you don't have that system. And, you know, I mean, I want to say this again, because I really want agents to listen is that when you think you're doing it all yourself, you just kind of like, Oh, I did that all by myself. I've got a hundred things to do. I can get it done. That's really not a compliment. (laughs) It's really where you need to delegate and get help and get organized and You know, stay that way, make yourself stay that way by developing that consistency and building that system. And then when they do that, it all just kind of starts falling naturally that their brain just immediately says, Do this. Oh, you've got to write it down and put it here. And so I think that, I think this system is so beneficial to agents that it it can help them expand and grow their own business because. Every pocket offers them something that they can identify with at the end of the week and they don't have to keep it in their brain.
1: You know, I remember the day that I made the shift from being someone that was doing all the things to the person that I wanted to become the person that did only three things. Mm -hmm. I was watching Madam Secretary. I love that show. I do too. And she was always, you know, Blake is taking care of it. Her team is taking care of it and she's doing whatever she needs to do. And I thought about it, I thought, you know what? I can't remember where I heard it or if it was on that show, but it was about that same time. The president of the United States never responds to a text message or a ding. Like People just bring him information, so far him, but bring the president information, and then they are able to be fully present in whatever they're in. And Mm -hmm. these silly boxes- have allowed me to do the same thing. Like when I'm home and I go home to my baby uh, grandson and I will play with him for an hour, I don't check my phone. My phone never dings. My phone doesn't even ring. Like nothing happens. Mm-hmm. I have to go to my phone to get information from it because I want to be fully present in everything that I'm doing. And then when I'm not doing that, then I go to these systems that have this cadence that I know mm-hmm. that I will have everything that I need. But you know, I used to like 12 years ago, I just thought it was so cool. The person whose phone was constantly dinging and ringing and they were so yeah. busy and like they were so in need. And now I think it's so cool when I can go out and have breakfast with somebody and neither of our phones make any noise and we have a great breakfast and we get in the car and I just moved in the next thing and my mm-hmm. day is orchestrated and I just do everything in that day and know that I've gotten everything checked off without that. It's a different kind of adrenaline. Like you're running on adrenaline when you're going for what else, what else, what else. And you have to learn to work through that. Oh, there's not enough work here. There's not actually solid work here until you get on the other side where you're like, okay, my day is fully scheduled out and everything I'm doing is meaningful and everything is going to move the needle forward.
0: 100%. Totally agree. You know, talking about the phones, everybody tries to keep everything in their phone and I've tried it and I forget about it. I mean, I literally can't even use the notes in my phone because, you know, I'll make a grocery list and I'll still write it down on a piece of paper and take it with me and look at the paper, not the phone, you know, but I mean, you know, and then I know people that totally use their phone, but it was kind of like I was at one of my grandchildren's event last week and I'm sitting there, you know, have my phone. I never turn it on. You can't really, you don't turn on the ringer. I just don't listen to it. And, um, while we were sitting there, you know, I had my grandchildren, they were out there doing their thing, and it was a practice, you know, it wasn't a big deal. They were there practicing. But I was watching people, the children around them, going, Mom, Dad, watch, Mom, Dad, watch. And I would look over to see who they were talking to, and every parent was in their phone. Nobody was watching their kids. Nobody was, you know, what were they doing in their phones? I don't know. But I would think that they were probably checking messages, texting back and forth, yeah. um, making a list and all of that. So if you're already organized, like with this system, yeah. you this can so go exciting. and be present for those children mm-hmm. who are starving for your attention. And so, you know, to me, I felt so bad for those little kids. And I just wanted to go up there and pop them on the back of the head <laughs> and to tell those parents, pay attention.
1: But also, Kim... Yeah. Full-time parenting is exhausting, remember? It is exhausting. And I mean, like, I you know what I'm 60 to 90 minutes with the grandson and out, you know, like yeah. I'm allowed to get out. And when you're yeah. in the full-time but, you parenting, know, you're like have, Yeah, well, we didn't
0: have cell phones to distract us when we were sitting there watching our kids do stuff you back know? in our days. Um, you know, it was you <laughs> were more present. So I think that, yeah, back in the old days. And so, but it was real interesting watching that because I thought. Mm-hmm wow, you know, I didn't really pay that much attention to how many people they're still working when they really probably don't need to be working they just needed to be busy, you know, because they're yes. sitting there. So, you know, I think that, you know, once they identify where they're struggling with their systems in their organization, it will free them up to be more present for whoever they want to be present for. But, um, But yeah, I'm one of those. I'm like, you know, when my family comes in for whatever, um, we used to have a basket by the door that says, put your cell phone in the basket. But are you kidding me? I need my phone. No, you don't. It's Christmas Day. Who's going to call you? (laughs) You know, Um, it's Thanksgiving. Who's calling you on Thanksgiving Day? But but I do think that that's a great thing. So let's wrap this up. And if you would kind of tell us how they can reach out Look Mm -hmm. at the system. How do they follow you, your podcast and everything?
1: You know what I realized, Kim? I am a teacher turned podcaster turned business owner. And so a lot of people who have online businesses, they're like, oh, I have to make content. I'm a teacher. There's so much content you will drown in the amount of content I have. So actually today the podcast is nine years old. Um, The team just told me we a party. Thanks, I didn't even know. Um, but one of the things, because it's nine years old and I have you know one or two episodes per week, there are a lot of episodes. So if you're in um, iTunes, if you listen in iTunes, I have a bunch of playlists and there's a Friday Workbox playlist and that will just have podcasts related Ooh. to setting up a workbox like this. Otherwise you could just head on over to the Organized 365 feed, find whatever. If you like two or three, if you like this podcast, you'll probably like those. Um, so that's one way. The other way is just to go to organize365.com. We have a couple of free offers for you. So if you go to, um, the Friday workbox, there is a try, um, the Friday workbox productivity course. There's a Sunday basket five day mini course, uh, depending on when this comes out, we have all kinds of blitzes. Like in November, December, we'll have the holiday blitz where we help you get your holidays organized. That's something free we put on as well.
0: That's cool. I like that. Okay. Well, I mean, I just think this is such a great podcast for agents. I hope that they all walk away with a ton of ideas of how to get organized. And I hope they go over and look at your system because it's it's one that you really have to kind of think about. Mm-hmm. But once you get it all organized in the way your brain thinks, I think it'll be systematic. That's why yeah. Amy's with me today is because she's helping me go into my brain to put my work box together. <laughs> and Thanks, so, Amy. you know, cause she, she knows me, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and I mean, she drove from Fort Worth over here. So that's almost a three hour drive. So, oh you know, God. it's, it's really, you know, it's great that she can do that and help me and not, and I don't feel like, an idiot when I'm trying to figure it out myself, because she's going to be ahead of me thinking about it. So that's the beauty of it. So anyway, but listen, Lisa, I thank you so much for joining us today. And we'll have to have you back because I want to talk about your other ones, your other work boxes that I know agents can benefit from. And I think that that I think they would be great housewarming gifts for families. Mm -hmm. You know, I just really do. And we'll have to have you back to talk about how we can do that. And then, um, you know, if anybody wanted
1: to reach out to you personally, how would they do that? My email is lisa at organize365.com.
0: Great. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. And I will talk to you soon. Thanks, Kim. Thanks.